It's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Hey, David, how are you doing today? Very good, Stacy. Happy to be here. Great. So we're on to the discussion, uh, Element 16, Health and Safety Representative and the Joint Health and Safety Committee. So this is a heavily legislated element. Uh, so it's very important that we are, um, you know, being successful on this element. Um, so hopefully our discussion today can help uh, people be more successful and provide us with the correct documentation and make sure that they their company is set up for success. For sure, yeah, it is. Um, it is an you know an important one. Whether you're a, a smaller company, whether you're a constructor, or whether you're a large company, um, this is a very important element. Yeah, and because there's you know we're talking about both the health and safety representative and the joint health and safety committee. So even if you're not a large firm where you require or a large enough firm that you require joint health and safety committee, it's still important that you're meeting all the legislative requirements for the health and safety representative. Right. Okay. Let's jump in. Uh, question 16.1. Does the organization have documented procedures for the selection of roles and responsibilities and the establishment criteria for the Joint Health and Safety Committees? Yeah, so this one here, we want to verify that there is a procedure um, which could include a term of references that, that that's existing, right? Uh, the terms of references um, is going to spell out how our Joint Health and Safety Committee is going to function, uh, how our Joint Health and Safety Committee members are going to be chosen. It's going to, you know, you know, deal with um, when we're going to have our meetings, uh, when the inspections are going to take place, and so forth. Uh, so I've seen it a few times where contractors will be aware of the requirements for their, their active job sites, um, but they aren't taking into consideration that they need to have a joint health and safety committee for their entire their company as a whole. Uh, so a company with something like 25 workers, um, they would definitely need to be establishing a joint health and safety committee for the whole organization. Yes, correct. Um, anything that's, you know, more than 19 workers, uh, there is a requirement to have the Joint Health and Safety Committee functioning. Uh, and it's not just for the projects, right? Right, right. Okay. Uh, does the organization meet its legislative requirements for um, 16.2 is the selection or appointment of a health and safety representative where required? So um, Section 8 of the Occupational Health and Safety Act talks about the requirement for organizations that have 6 to 19 employees to have a health and safety representative. Uh, this person needs to be selected by the workers or appointed by the trade union um, if, there's a, if the, the company is a unionized environment. But what we're looking for here is, um, is that that is spelled out in their program. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of evidence, would something um, like evidence that a, a vote was taking place, would that be uh, sufficient? Yeah. So in, in the case of being able to select the health and safety rep or appointment of the safety rep, it, it could be something like a, um, a meeting that workers have had, uh, the, the, you know, workers could have been nominated or workers volunteer. And then if there's more than one worker, is there a vote that has taken place? Or if it's uh, a unionized environment, the unions uh, can appoint the health and safety representative, and we'd like to see documentation that that has actually happened. Okay. Uh, 16.3, periodic health and safety inspections of the workplace. Um, the legislation states that the health and safety rep or the joint health and safety committee um, 
on the worker side of it has to do at least a monthly inspection. Uh, so we want to make sure that that's happening. And what we're looking for for evidence in this one here is we're looking for three consecutive uh, inspections that have happened. So if it's January, February, March, that's what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that might be, that's one of the um, biggest submission errors I would see here or, you know, reasons that I don't award the marks here is because, you know, we are looking to verify that monthly frequency. Um, but when we're given maybe like January, March and April, then that's not showing the consistency of the monthly inspections. Yeah. And again, you know, if auditor notes, you know, speak to, um, you know, maybe there was uh, that, you know, there was or there's a reason why that mm -hmm. uh, monthly, you know, inspection didn't happen. But there's mm -hmm. got to be, you know, you know, some specific reasons why it didn't happen, you know, because you didn't have time is is not a reason. Right. And then, you know, also when we get to when the companies get to the external audit, then obviously they'll be, you know, verifying again, you know, all the monthly inspections when they get out into the field. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, 16.4, uh, collection, review, corrective actions, implementation of actions, and follow-up on health and safety rep and joint health and safety committee recommendations. Yeah. So um, the joint health and safety committees and the health and safety reps, uh, part of their um, that what what they what they can do is they can give formal formal recommendations to management and what we're looking for in this case is you know that the formal recommendations have taken place and then what was the uh, subsequent uh, response from management to those recommendations. Mm -hmm. So for this question, primarily what we're looking to verify is the formal recommendation process, but. Um, if there's been no formal recommendations, and then when we would want the internal auditor to state in the auditor notes and then provide us with some sort of evidence that maybe um, corrective actions have been identified and are being followed up on uh, so that we are able to just see that management is actually being involved in, you know, some of the actions uh, taking place here. Yeah, for sure, because everything doesn't have to be a formal recommendations, you know, through our internal responsibility system, we'd expect um, that if there was issues out on the project that the was that were identified by the health and safety rep, that they were fixed without uh, having to have a formal recommendations. So yeah. again, back to like what you said, you know, there may be something on the inspection record that was or in the inspection process that was identified as as a hazard and it was corrected. We we would look at the auditor notes and the auditor would state, you know, there were no formal recommendations, but the uh, the issues that were identified on the inspections were addressed, and then we can you know we can see that. Um, you know, as, as being taken care of, and it could be through your Joint Health and Safety Committee meeting minutes and so forth. Right. Okay. Uh, 16.5, selection and composition of a workplace Joint Health and Safety Committee where required. So for the projects or for the employers that require Joint Health and Safety Committee, what we're looking for is a list of the Joint Health and Safety Committee members uh, to ensure that there's a correct number and composition. So we want to make sure, obviously, that there's no more workers that or no more management than workers. Um, and then in their procedure, it'll state, you know, the Joint Health and Safety Committee is going to consist of, and it could have certain numbers. Um, but again, we want to make sure that there's no more management than workers. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the one of the issues that I see uh, here sometimes is that the meeting minutes um, are given, but there's just a list of names and it's not specified, you know, who the worker reps are. It's not specified who the management are, um, and it's also not specifying who the certified member is. So uh, we would want to make sure that when you are providing the list of names, um, that it's also those items are addressed as well. 
Yeah, for sure. Because when you're as an auditor, when you're looking at the at the names that are on the list, you're you're trying to, you know, verify which one is which. So if you had, you know, worker rep, worker rep, management rep, and then co-chair, co-chair, it just um, uh, it simplifies it, and you're you're able to you know to do the math, right, to make sure. And again, um, when yeah. you're looking at those joint health and safety committee meeting minutes, um, it could be a day where there you know there was not as many workers showed up. Well, again, we don't want to have more management than workers um, that are attending that meeting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, is there a documented procedure for? Uh, 16.6, posting of Joint Health and Safety Committee member names and their work locations. Yeah, so this is an observation question. So we want to ensure that the auditor notes are are stating um, that the names of the Joint Health and Safety Committee members and their work and their locations uh, were verified. Um, and again, sometimes we see where a, a photograph of uh, of the list is posted, but it doesn't have what their work location is. So again, we want to make sure that both of those are put into play, the names and the work location. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, is there a documented procedure for 16.7 uh, is the frequency of meetings and the availability of minutes? Yeah, so the, the Occupational Health and Safety Act spells out that meetings have to be held quarterly. Some employers will will go above and beyond that. They they say maybe they want to do meetings on a monthly basis. So we're going to verify that the meetings are actually happening uh, according to their procedure. So you know I get you know I've had discussions with with uh, some of the firms and they say well we we did them quarterly, um, but your procedure says you did them you're going to do them monthly. Right? Yeah. So we want to make sure that you're following your procedure. Right. And as per many of the conversations I've had on this podcast, um, we're looking to audit the company to their own procedures. So like you said, if they're saying that they're going to be doing it monthly, then that's what we're auditing them to. Right. Exactly. Exactly. OK, so that was the last question of this element. Uh, so do you have any final thoughts or recommendations on the Joint Health and Safety Committee topic? Um, so the companies get into 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 trouble when they when they don't have a formalized procedure, uh, and then again when they do have the formalized procedure, they're not following it um, as they say they're going to. Mm -hmm. Actually, before you go, I have one more question. Um, you know, this this element is is obviously focused on the Joint Health and Safety Committee, but. Um, could you tell me how an organization can participate in this element successfully um, if they're, you know, a small company that only has, say, you know, 10 employees and they don't have a joint health and safety committee? Uh, would they be losing marks because of, they're not able to provide us evidence for some of the questions? No, they, these companies wouldn't um, wouldn't lose marks. You know, we don't expect everybody to to be a company that's got you know 20 or more workers. Um, so we're, what we would expect uh, in the in the in their submission would be the auditor note stating that, you know, the company does not require a joint health and safety committee uh, because of the numbers, right? So that, right. you know, is going to, you know, you're looking at 16.5, 16.6 and 16.7 uh, would directly affect whether you need a joint health and safety committee or not. Okay, perfect. Thanks for clarifying that because I just, I see that sometimes and I just want to point it out for everybody. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that is the end of our discussion and I want to thank you, David, for coming in and helping us with this topic today. Oh, no problem. Anytime, Stacey. Bye.
the IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening.